Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon, and this week we are learning 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So let's read our memory verse together. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay, so from yesterday, we have a wonderful starting picture of what love is. Yesterday, we talked about love is patient, kind, it does not envy or boast. So love is patient, it is slow to anger, that's what that means. It's kind, meaning it's being useful to others. It does not envy or manifest bitterness. It does not boast or seek to make others inferior. So those are the four we learned yesterday. And we're just going to jump in and continue with these words. Because as we build our definition of love, it's pretty interesting how a lot of this stuff breaks down and, and what Paul is saying in this passage. So Paul continues by saying love is not arrogant. Love is not arrogant. Now, the Greek word here, the definition of this Greek word here means to puff up or blow up. To puff up or blow up. A blowhard. Everyone who's looking for every opportunity to puff themselves up. Whether they have to distort the truth or lie about a situation, their end goal is to make themselves look that the best as they can. And this was a, a problem in the Corinthian church. People wanted to, again, we were talking about how they were dividing over the spiritual gifts. They wanted to make themselves better than they really were. And so there's an example of this where in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 6, Paul also writes, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one another, or in favor of, sorry, in favor of one against another. <clears throat> so Paul is saying, don't puff yourself up here. Don't apply things to yourself based on who you're following, attaching yourself to famous teaching or in our case, famous sports team, famous pastor, a successful organization, or a successful individual. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't puff themselves up to try to be better than other people in that way. That since we're attached to this thing, therefore, we're more awesome or, or cooler or whatever that means. And so I, th I thought that was really interesting, that arrogant, again, that gr Greek word uh, means, the, the Greek word for arrogant, the definition is to puff up or to blow up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But... So that's what that means. The, the next one he talks about is rude. And I was looking at this and I thought, well, out of all these words, it seemed like it didn't have that much, much um, punch. You know, arrogance, uh, envious, boasting, irritable, resentful. Rude was, you know, in today's world, rude is, is a word that can be quickly forgotten. We say, oh, that person was rude or that cashier was rude or that waiter was rude or that person was rude. And it can be over in a matter of minutes. But this particular word in the Greek also carries a lot more weight than what we give it credit for. And I'll give you an example. This word is, and I, and I don't even know how to say this word, but this word is also used in Romans 1.27. And it's used for indecent acts or shameless acts. And I'll read that verse to you. So in Romans 1.27, it says, The men... Likewise, gave up natural relations with women, 
They gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. Again, men committing shameless acts with men. That's where that word lies in that verse, shameless acts. And receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So this word, and again, it, it sounds something like athsmis. Uh, I can't even say it. <laughs> but it, but the, the definition of this Greek word is disdain for someone else. Disdain for someone else. So if you're committing these shameless acts, as in Romans, um, and it's saying that love doesn't act rudely, the definition is using and abusing people to commit whatever sin you desire. Using these shameless acts, men using these shameless acts with, with men. And here they're spoken as homosexual acts of men committing these shameless acts with other men. And so it's this raw, dishonoring desire that Paul writes here. And it's not love by any stretch of the imagination that you're using people for your own selfish desire. So when it says it doesn't act rudely, that is what it's referring to. And that holds a lot of more weight in my mind than just the word rude as we might use it today. And as we're moving on, we're, we're moving on to it does not insist on its own way. So one thing that I was looking at when I was doing my research was just different translations because I remember memorizing part of this verse and I was thinking, I don't remember this verse with these words specifically. But so I remembered that the NIV translation was slightly different and might also help us in our definition of these words, especially does not insist on its own way irritable or resentful. So for the next three, I'm going to use this as a, um, as, as a help. And so what it says, this verse in the NIV translation says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. We just talked about that being the root. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. So those are the three we're going to talk about uh, right now, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. So so when we say it is not self-seeking, love does not consume. It's uh, with Love is not consumed with oneself. That's not how you love other people. It's almost the invert of kindness, right? We spoke of kindness yesterday being useful to others, to be serviceful. Well, here, love does not constantly think of oneself in the way of furthering oneself in a selfish manner. That was a weird way of saying that. Let me restate that. Love is not selfish. It, it does not constantly think of yourself. It's, you don't go around thinking, how can I be better? How can I get my own way? How can I um, advance in the world? And so, of course, we must you know, consider our health, eat good food, shelter. And God says he'll take care of these things in Matthew 6. He takes care of those he loves. But love is not looking at every situation at a certain angle. I've seen what you can get out of it. And I think that's what it's referring to here. It's not self-seeking. And as we move on to irritable, this is also saying it is not easily angered. It's not angered to a personal offense. And this is the, the invert of patience, where we just talked about how love is, it doesn't insist on its own way. It's not self-seeking. That's the invert of kindness. Well, here, the irritable is not easily angered, is the invert of patience, where yesterday we spoke of patience being slow to anger long-suffering. And what this part of it, this irritable, this not easily angered, is speaking to being easily offended, to be easily angered, to be, um, you know, poked, 
basically the Greek word means to sharpen, to to poke. Like it's a sharp like I, you know, when you when you get poked by a sharp object, you, you immediately feel that. And when we get irritable, it's usually a poke that we can't let go. It's like, ah, I don't like what you just said or I don't like what you just did. I'm I'm getting angry now. And that's what is referring to when it, when it, when Paul is writing about being irritable. Don't be easily angered. Love does not is not easily angered. The next one is resentful. It keeps no record of wrongs. And uh, I I love this one just partly because it's it's just difficult in life, especially today. It's like, man, that person wronged me. I should, you know, do something about it. But the way love manifests itself with God, God doesn't keep a record of wrongs when we when it comes to our when we come to Christ regarding our sin. He doesn't keep those record of wrongs. And I want to read you a couple of verses. The first one in Revelation 3, 4. The Apostle John is writing about the uh, church in Sardis. And he says, yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They walk with me. In other words, they walk with God dressed in white for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but I will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. And so it reminds me that in the book of life, God keeps no record of of wrongs. Of course, he punishes us today and disciplines us for the sins that we commit. But ultimately, we have his forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And he does not record our sins for eternal punishment. And because of that forgiveness, that is a great example of how we're supposed to forgive others. In Matthew 18, 21 through 22, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And so when we're thinking about this word resentful in our memory verse, or also known as it keeps no record of wrongs, we have to talk about forgiveness when we talk about this. We forgive people and we love them even when they don't deserve it, if they have wronged us. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. And I look at this and I see, okay, God forgives us. He gives us, forgives us. Jesus Christ forgives us. And how can I exhibit that throughout my week? How can I forgive my friends or my employees, coworkers, my spouse, when people wrong me, or at least I think that they wrong me? How do I forgive them on a consistent basis? It's very difficult, very difficult. So I would encourage you to uh, <laughs> to work on that with me as as we try not to keep a record of wrongs. It's very difficult. <clears throat> All right, the last thing we're going to talk about today is rejoicing. Uh, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Um, this verse in the NIV, it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And I love this one also because it's such a simple thing to see in the world. Evil is defined. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And we can see when, when this verse says, do not delight in evil. Well, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And we can see this in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And so I'll, re- I'll read it to you. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Okay, so 
Paul's right right there saying it's obvious. These are the these are evil acts. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so there's no delight. There's no rejoicing in anything listed above. Those we see enjoy these things, uh, well, we have to share the gospel with them. Because this is not, these people won't inherit the kingdom of God. Or if they claim to be a Christian, we need to point out to these people that, hey, there's some missing here. Either you're not a Christian or if you are and you're turning from God, we, we have to correct that. I need, we need to point this out so you could pursue the truth. And so the flip side of that is rejoicing with the truth. So whether the truth be an easy thing to accept or a hard, or hard truth to accept, we can rejoice the truth in all circumstances because number one, God is sovereign and he has a plan and a purpose for spreading his message, which means he has a plan and a purpose for us. And number two, the truth can set us free. And so whether that be the truth of Christ or just pursuing God's general truth of things like two plus two equals four, but we can rejoice that there is truth out there, that God created created truth and we have access to that through his word and through prayer and through Jesus. And so we're almost done with this entire picture of love and and, and truthful, there, there's more than just these, these three verses out there when speaking about God's love, of course. I mean, for our purposes of, the, of this podcast, we're limiting it to our memory verse. But we learned today that love is not arrogant or puffed up. Love is not rude or commits shameless acts. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It is not resentful. It does not keep a record of wrongs. And love does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And so tomorrow we're going to wrap up with the last line and some application And as we uncover what Paul writes, I would imagine you've been thinking about application already. Um, I know I have. And so um, that's, you know, that's, that's really interesting um, how things just, you know, come to our mind, how we can be better, better people. But um, yeah, we'll talk about some application tomorrow. And so, um, yeah, thanks for listening to this podcast. I, I don't always say thank you. And I just appreciate for you guys who are out there trying to memorize scripture every single week, um, it's it can be tough. We feel busy, but continue to do it. Continue to re- repeat this verse by writing it out on note cards, putting it on your phone background, um, reciting it out loud with our short you know, 15, 20 second verse episode that we share at the beginning of each week. Uh, so we got one out there for, for 1 Corinthians um, 13, 4 through 7 as well. And if you wish to contact me directly, you can email me at ideamailbag at gmail.com. That's ideamailbag at gmail.com. And remember to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It takes about 10 seconds to do that, and it truly impacts the reach of our show. I would appreciate it very much. So let's go ahead and end this podcast with our memory verse. And I'm going to repeat each line twice. I'd like you to say the second line so it can help you memorize it. Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. I did not repeat the line. I <laughs> We're going to try this again. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast.
It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay. Great work. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but keep going. Keep memorizing this. Again, I know it's longer, but you're doing great. And until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ. Christ.